Right, uh, welcome, or welcome back if you've uh, one of the few people that's been with us before. Uh, Dex, Phoenix from the Flames, you probably can hear some different room acoustics, and that's because I'm not in my normal studio at the moment. Um, uh, and we've got a rather special episode because I have a guest with me um, who um, is someone I've wanted to get on the podcast for a little while, uh, and I think he's got quite an interesting story to tell. Um, Duncan, would you like to introduce yourself? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, It's a pleasure to be uh, part of it. Um, Yeah, brief intro to myself. So yeah, Duncan, Duncan Randall, owner of the the Doghouse Micropub and Vinyl Bar uh, at Evegate. So yeah, that's me. Um, Always busy. I also work for um, a company called Yames, selling solar uh, for commercial uh, properties. So yeah, always busy. Two jobs, uh, two full-time jobs. Um, just yeah, greedy. You're just uh, greedy. Absolutely. absolutely. So tell us about, te- for those that don't know, um, te- tell the listener um, about the doghouse. What's what's special about the doghouse? So the doghouse is uh, located in the middle of, uh, say, a small artisan business village called Evegate. Um, it's used to be the vets, uh, hence the name the doghouse. It's sort of carried on. Um, we're a tiny little micropub selling local beer, uh, lagers, ciders, um, doing simple food, but food that's done very well. Now, it was at this point, dear listener, where a friend of Duncan's came in um, and we we stopped the recording, but I decided to leave it in because um, it was a marvellously atmospheric uh, opening of the door, akin to something out of a haunted house. And then we did the tell me about the doghouse question again but i decided to leave it all in because actually it's a a bit of fun um i hope you enjoy uh we're a live music venue (laughs) hang on let's stop it there uh i think that's worth one more listen uh we're a live music venue (laughs) so uh duncan tell us about the doghouse what's special about the doghouse um everything special about the (laughs) doghouse of course you know that um the doghouse, what's special about it? The, it's a tiny little uh, micro pub and vinyl bar uh, on the, uh, the artisan business village that is Evegate, uh, just on the outskirts of Ashford. Uh, we're in the middle of nowhere, which is, uh, is actually a really nice thing because it means that people have to want to come here. Um, everything we do is, we try and do is local, so local produce, local, local drink. We utilise local butchers, bakers, I would say candlestick makers, but uh, we don't have those, I'm afraid. I'm not sure there's that many candlestick no, makers. No, not locally. anymore, yeah. not anymore. Uh, we're a live music venue, so um, again, live music on a Friday night, Saturday night and uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, again, all different genres, blues, country, folk, uh, a little bit of rock every now and then. Um, so yeah, massively into our music, as, as you know, with uh, all the vinyl that we've got. We've got about 6,000 albums uh, in total. Well, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a great place to be. Simple food done well, local drinks, good times. And you're not um, as micro a pub as you were, are you? No. Tell, tell everyone what's happened recently. So, well, I say happened. It's a very passive tense, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what have you made happen? So we, we took over the, the doghouse um, four and a half years ago, and it was always on the, uh, the remit that we, we would look to extend. Um, a couple of offices adjoining uh, the doghouse that we've just recently knocked through into uh, and made it our own, uh, which has pretty much doubled the size, to be fair. Um, and it's great. So, yeah, so that's been open for, well, since October, I think we opened the doors. End of October, beginning of November. Um, and it's great. It's absolutely fantastic, which is where we're sat 
right now? Because you went through COVID, as we all did, um, with very little in interior space anyway. So when there was, uh, I mean, there was a period of time where we, we couldn't, you couldn't come at all. But when things opened up a little bit and there had to be social distancing, that really affected places like yourself, didn't it? Because, you know, if you've got to be two metres apart, that's like Absolutely. four people. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, what also happened is is music had to be incidental. You couldn't actually advertise live music. It just had to be background um, music. So even when we could have music, we couldn't advertise it, we couldn't market it. Um, so, yeah. So, um, I can remember um, during that period of time, you were really good at trying to make trying to make it work though, weren't you? So there was an outside seating, which was, uh, a, I'm guessing, a, a saviour for you. And I can remember sitting out there and you bringing out blankets and hot drinks and so forth. Absolutely. Uh, trying to do your best for, for, for people and just trying to get through that really difficult time. It was, um, it was twofold, really. So what we wanted to do was, was have enough to talk about that was keeping the lights on, keeping the wheels turning, but also to create a, a, a sort of a community spirit, um, which is, is really what we did. Uh, the blankets, the hot water bottles, the hot drinks, the heaters, things like that, um, that really made a difference. The delivering of ale um, locally. We went as far as uh, Sutton Valence with our deliveries, believe it or not. We were doing somewhere in the region of sort of 720 uh, pints a week delivered um, through, through the worst wow. part of COVID. Um, and, it, and it really broke down barriers. So normally we've got that barrier of the bar between ourselves and the customers. Uh, well, all of a sudden you're knocking on someone's door, you're speaking to their spouse, uh, you're having a conversation on their doorstep, you now know where they live. Um, so it became bigger than just beer. Um, it became much more of a, a community sort of feel. Um, and as a result, a lot of those people are now regular customers um, and really, really supporting us, really getting behind what this little pub is about. And not wishing to shoehorn the the title of this podcast into your experience, but that really is a Phoenix from the Flames experience because the Flames were COVID. You know, a lot of businesses went bust, a lot of pubs really struggled, um, but you actually found something positive from the whole thing and came out stronger out the other end. 100%. Whilst um, COVID was, there were so many negative things about COVID, um, you know, awful, awful things. And I won't ever, ever detract away from that. For us, it was a massive learning curve um, in business, um, individually, personally. Um, and it, it sort of taught us what we needed to do and how we needed to do things to exactly keep the wheels turning, keep the lights on, keep people interested in what we're doing. Re not reinventing the wheel, but reinventing what we're doing and our focus on a regular basis. So it's not stagnant. Um, and I think that, that really worked. It really and had worked. you run a pub before? Uh, yeah, so um, not necessarily run a pub before, but uh, again, I've worked in pubs and bars um, through the sort of 90s. Um, the Black Horse out of Monk's Hawk, and I was lucky enough to work part-time there and then went on and managed the bar for, for Pat and Ray, who, who were the owners at the time. Um, and I learned so much from them. I mean, in fact, Ray, uh, I've recently quoted Ray, Ray Cotton, that, that you know, he was the one person that really taught me a load of stuff about the cellar, about the bar, how working it and such like, and how, how to actually be with the customers. It's not always about taking the money. Sometimes it's just about sitting down with the customers, having a chat, um, and being that landlord that's actually interested in, in what your customers are about. So 
Yeah, the Black Horse Monks Horton probably was, you know, I, I cut my teeth there. And, and, and for people who don't know it, what, it's a very different pub than here, right? What's, what's yeah. the Black Horse like? How, how would you describe um, it? A bit different these it? days, but back then, massive live music venues. So Sunday nights used to be packed, absolutely packed. People would come from far and wide. And if you ever get a chance to look at the car park at the Black Horse, you'll then realise how busy it used to get on those nights. Um, but yeah, massively into its, its, its sort of live music scene on a Sunday night uh, and bank holiday weekends, but very much food orientated. But again, with a con real country feel to it, good bunch of people um, working there and coming in there. Wonderful. Proper British country pub. Absolutely. Um, which this is as well, but we've got that lovely twist of all of those vinyl records and the live music and all the other things that you do uh, with local suppliers. Now I want to take you. I want to take you back, not quite to your childhood. Oh, We're not. Sorry. We haven't got the psychiatrist <laughs> couch just yet. But um, you've got. I, I think you've got quite an interesting background, and I think my listeners will uh, will appreciate that as well. Because um, you did an apprenticeship, but not just any apprenticeship. Maybe you'd like to tell us about that. Yeah, I was lucky enough to uh, to, to be accepted into uh, the, the Royal Engineers to, to do my apprenticeship, um, and that was, was more to do with sort of mechanics, uh, vehicle fitter. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, a really really good time leaving school. Uh, I was I think I was still fifteen when I actually got the acceptance um, to to go into the Royal Engineers. Wow. Um, and I remember starting. It was the third of September, nineteen ninety, was my first day, and it was. Oh, you don't look old enough. I know. Thank you very much. God bless you. No, he does. Um, no. But yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it, and I think if 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 forty four District Workshop was still there now in Ashford, I'd still be there. Um, I loved it. There was a real, again a real family sort of driven environment. Everyone looked out for for each other. Um, yeah, it was amazing, amazing time, and I loved every bit of it. So obviously, Royal Electrical and Mechanical Engineers. Yep. but You were on the mechanical side rather than the electrical side. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we still learnt all the electrical side of things, um, but yeah, specialising in, in in of course being a mechanic as such. Um, so what sort of things did you fix? Everything, everything and anything, from lawnmowers to motorbikes You've to... You've got many military lawnmowers. Well, I suppose they have, probably. Absolutely. On bases and things, um, of course, Up to tanks, trucks, uh, all sorts of things. I mean, again, so 91 was the first Gulf War, um, and a, a lot of stuff came back from the Gulf War completely broken, uh, and we had to repair those things. Um, yeah, all sorts, all sorts And of did stuff. you get to travel? No, unfortunately, I didn't get to travel. Um, which I think is a good thing because if I think if I had a travel, it probably would have been out into a war in '91, and I was a bit scared of that. Yeah. It's yeah. not what I saw in that um, No, I didn't get to travel unfortunately, so I was civvy street. So, um, but again, just loved it. I loved being part of it, um, and we got a lot of our customers again are, are the lads that used to be at Remy with us. In fact, I had one here, uh, one of the guys Saturday night had come in, his first time here. Uh, and absolutely loved it. Um, Wonderful, yeah, yeah friends awesome. for life, right? Hundred percent, yeah, exactly that. And I think uh, the camaraderie—I don't know the fully fledged sort of army side of camaraderie—but um, I know that 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 sort of unit of people that were at Forty Four District Workshop, um, you know, we definitely pals for life. You know, I, I firmly believe that. And your experience of the nighttime economy um, <laughs> is is. It's very varied, isn't it? Because you were you were a doorman. Yep. Um, for those, you know, a bouncer, security on uh, what nightclubs and pubs and what? yeah, um, yeah. So I started off. Well, I wasn't much older than sixteen, to be fair. When I, I got asked to go and work down in Canberra, uh, a, a, a sort of a holiday park down there, um, which is a real eye opener for a sixteen-year-old lad to be sort of thrusted into 
working, working the doors, throwing people out and, and, and sort of doing that. Um, not on your own? Sure. No, 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 not no. my own. I was with a group of people, but still very, very young, very green. You know, I hadn't lived, uh, but I saw some interesting things. And then I had a, a big break away from it and came back in. And, and for those people that are local, I ended up doing the door at uh, Flatfoot's, Flatfoot Sam's uh, in Ashford and Kale's uh, in Ashford. Um, head dormant at NV, which was, is where Cameo is now. Um, and then spent about nine years up at Amadeus in Rochester. So big super club. Um, yeah. Yeah, loved it. That that was I, I genuinely loved it. That was great fun. And you know these, I mean, it's quite um, it's quite a difficult job, isn't it, the doorman job? Because it's it's gone are the days of you know you stand there in a black um, uh, bomber jacket, you know, beating people up, right? Like you're trained, you're accountable. Yep. Um, there's reasonable force. There's all those other things. You know, I guess you've got to try and spot whether people are on drugs, uh, you know, all sorts of other... T- tell us a bit about the kind of the yeah, perhaps less obvious side. Well, it's multifaceted. Um, you know, you are looking at... Well, everybody thinks you're a thug, um, but actually you're there uh, predominantly to look after people, to make sure people are safe. First aid, of course, you know, we're the first ones there to, to a lot of incidents. Um, and it's, it's all about talking people down it's talking to people it's communication um, don't get me wrong you need that that sort of thuggish um persona every once in a while but but yeah i think um what people don't realize is it is it's all about communication it's all about talking so i mean i'm not a massive fighter i can handle myself i know that uh, i'm a big lad but i was always the talker i would always be talking i'd always be sort of trying to talk people down or using comedy and sarcasm to be sort of you know winning people over um you know i'd leave the roughy tufty stuff to those people who could do it and you know uh, administer that uh, better far better than i could um but again i loved it you know you're you're you're, you're looking at people as they're walking through the doors you're, you're remembering people from six months ago a year ago you know you've got to stop those people coming in if they've been a problem in the past so you, you've got to be switched on um yeah i, I really enjoyed it but there was again another uh, job uh, or industry that's got real camaraderie. I mean, that's changed a little bit now. You know, there tends to be a lot of sh- more shirts rather than actual people who can do the job. Um, what do you mean by shirts? People who can't really do the job, can't actually handle themselves, can't. They've done a three day course. Absolutely, and they're about nine stone dripping wet. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be big or anything like that to do, to do the job, but you know, you have to have a presence, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, well, and confidence as well, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, because that comes across, right? And I think the one thing that you'll find with a lot of doormen, um, certainly myself, um, you know, we do lack a lot of confidence. To be fair, I know it really? sounds really okay. weird. That's interesting. Um, but you put that jacket on, and it's a different persona. You're a different person. You're a different beast. Yeah, so you're, you know, you're, you are a different beast. Um, you know, you, you put that, that jacket on and it, it's, it's almost like Mr. Ben, you know, suddenly the shopkeeper appears and you know, put the, the different jacket on. You're somebody else that day, you're an astronaut that day, or you're a, a shopkeeper, you know, whatever it be. Um, and that's very similar, you know, so all of a sudden you stand there and you, you are a different person. You carry yourself a little bit better because you've got that uniform, if you want to class it as that. You've got your band of brothers behind you so that you know you're, you're there, you're not on your own. Um, it's a bit like the bar. You know, I can stand behind the bar here at the pub um, and that's that's my barrier. That's my safety sort of zone. Um, you know, and it, you end up sort of almost putting that jacket on to come in here, having a laugh and joke, larger than life. But actually, the reality is 
we're all really sensitive people. Well, I wanted to, I'm glad you brought that up actually, because, um, you know, I've seen you in full <laughs> publican mode, um, and you would, um, to the casual observer, would think this is a guy who's, you know, he's always happy, he's got not a care in the world, he loves everyone, he's really confident. Um, and I know because you've been very um, you've been very vocal about uh, mental health, particularly men's yep. mental health, um, that you've had your own battles and so forth 100%. in the past. Um, and I, you know, I've been very honest about mine in the uh, in the previous podcast, um, and I think that can be really helpful. It was certainly cathartic for me to talk about it, but I'm hoping it, it gives some help to um, to other people who maybe uh, have gone through or are going through it. Are you happy to talk about your experience? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's, it's the one thing that we we've got to do. Um, you know, I know some people are embarrassed about it. You know, see it as a weakness. I see it as a strength. You know, if we can talk about mental health, especially men's mental health, um, and somebody gets something good out of it, then it's worked. We. Um, so myself, again, I was a real, um, I, I poo-pooed mental health uh, for a long time. And it was, it was actually February 2020 that I had um, my, my, my breakdown or whatever you want to class it as, uh, my episode, uh, whatever it be. Um, and lucky enough for me that I managed to get uh, seen by a doctor uh, very quickly, um, prescribed medication very quickly, um, because shortly after that, of course, COVID hit. And I think if I hadn't have been Crikey, yeah. seen to. Um, so now, yeah, what I try and do is I try and talk about it openly. Um, you know, I'm, I have the massive highs, I have the massive lows. Um, and yeah, I, I do want to talk about it. You know, the, the, the micropub without sounding too sort of cliche, the, the, this becomes my little church, if, if you like. So I get to, to, to talk to people and hopefully make a difference in people's lives. You know, Because there is that classic, isn't there, uh, of the barman, you know, perhaps there's one person left. He's wiping, it's usually a he, yep. he's wiping the bar down um, and that customer's drowning their sorrows perhaps and they get to have that conversation <laughs> between two blokes that perhaps doesn't happen with that person's family or with their work colleagues, <clears throat> but that actually happens. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. So um, I think the one thing to, to, to clarify there is that when we have the highest of highs, we look for alcohol. When we have the lowest of lows, we look for alcohol. And everywhere in between, we're still hunting for alcohol. So a pub becomes um, a safe zone um, where you can talk a little bit more openly. You can have those discussions. Typically with men, again, you know, you'll be in the pub on your own without the wife, without the other half. Um, so you can talk a bit candidly about what's going on and what you're feeling. And I think, you know, that's, it, it's, it's, it's a privilege for us to be in those positions, to be able to turn around and say, it's okay, you're not on your own. Um, you know, I suffer. Uh, so yeah, it's, and I know for well, if I, if I have a spell without the medication, um, I'm not a nice person. Have you had uh, responses where people are surprised that you have suffered. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because again, that you know that 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 persona of being larger than life, as you mentioned, you know, heart and soul, having a bit of a laugh and joke, you know, going up to people as if I've known them forever. Um, yeah, they, they they're so surprised, um, and people wouldn't ever associate. You know, again, it's it's that's the thing, isn't it? You, you never know. You never know that that person, you know, Robin Williams. You never know that person is you know, on the edge. And I think that that's, that's the harsh reality of life. Life is difficult, and I think we've just got to look out for each other a bit more.
We've got Cuddlemore. We have. Do you know what? What a wonderful, what a wonderful um, way to wrap things up. We're we're just about at the twenty minute mark, which is wow. astounding, right? That's gone so it cool. goes like that. Um, and I was going to ask you for your um, for your motto for life. Um, although I quite like uh, the we've got to cuddle more. But have you got have you got you're you're rooting through your um, your carry, wallet for something? I carry this with me wherever I go, and uh, this was. I got this from a place in Cornwall, so St. Just Church. It's a place I go every year, um, and it's a beautiful church in a creek. Uh, John Wesley's rule, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Basically, Fabulous. Just be nice. Be, be nice if you can, you know, in a world where you can be anything, be nice. 100%. And cuddle more. Yeah, cuddle more. I like that. Cuddle well, more. listen, it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, Duncan. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Duncan and I are off for a cuddle. Yep. Um, and <laughs> uh, and um, I'd love to have you back on another time. I'd love to. And we'll, love uh, to. we'll, uh, we'll talk some more. Uh, Duncan, uh, all the very best with the doghouse uh, and everything that you're doing. I think it's fabulous. Uh, and everybody else. We'll see you on the other side.